Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast and webinar series. We're excited that you've joined us today to really dive in to gain some clarity around yourself as a leader, an entrepreneur, and where it is that you want to go. Today, we're going to be talking all about manifestation, taking care of yourself, and a woman who has pivoted her career from a concert pianist to a multi-million dollar beauty brand. Let's dive in. Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Angela Kim is a former concert pianist and the founder of Savor Beauty plus Spa, a Manhattan-based skincare and spa brand inspired by Korean beauty rituals. She's also the author of Radical Radiance, 12 Weeks of Self-Love Rituals to Manifest Abundance, Beauty, and Joy, and the creator of the Savor Beauty Planner. I've, I have it. She gave us a copy. A self-care guide that brings women together to manifest beauty, brilliance, and balance, which is something that we can all use more of today. We are going to talk about all of the different things today and also weathering through the COVID storm to build a brand that today will stand the test of time. Angela Kim, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Lauren. It's a pleasure. So here you are, you're a concert pianist. Were you living in New York at the time? Yes, I was. Oh my gosh, it was such a long time ago. I had to pause. <laughs> yes, I was living in Manhattan. Okay. And so talk to me about that pivot because, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are maybe thinking about changing their career or thinking of starting something on the side, but, you know, that courage and that intuition and will it actually work? All those things. What was going through your mind and how did that transition happen? I know it's very scary, and that's probably one of the biggest questions I get. How can you reinvent yourself? Women, you know, I think now we're seeing women especially, they go through many iterations and different reinventions of who, of who they are. Who they were when they're 20 is not who they are when they're 30, and it's not who they are when they're 40, 50, 60, 70. And I'm seeing women reinvent themselves in their 70s. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. So I, I always say it's very daunting but if you just start with baby steps and a little bit of passion, you can moonlight. That's what I did. You know what moonlight means? Where you're kind of just doing it on the side. And then eventually your passion becomes so big that you can no longer say no to it. And so for I think there are a lot of people who can take that big leap and say, I'm quitting my job. I don't need health insurance. I don't need the nine to five. I don't need the paycheck. Who's, who really can realistically do that, right? And also who has the courage to do that? So I think moonlighting is a beautiful way just to explore. And then at some point, your intuition says it's time. It's, it's a game of inches for a big leap. I love that. I think that's very realistic. You know, most of the people we work with exactly are doing that. You know, maybe they're an HR manager and they're like, oh, could I really start a coaching business? Or maybe they're, you know, working for someone and they think, could I start my own catering business or, you know, whatever it looks like. So talk to me about building this incredible brand and what you're most passionate about today with it. 
Okay. Well, let me back up a little bit because I want to share the story of how I went from concert pianist in, and became a beauty entrepreneur and eventually was able to, from scratch, build a seven-figure beauty brand, you know? And, and I think my story is inspiring for a lot of people because they say, well, if she can do it, I can do it because I knew nothing about business. I was an artist and I really bumbled and fumbled and failed my way to building a successful enterprise, you know? And so um, what I did just going back to what I was saying was I started making lotions and potions in my kitchen in between concert tours because I was a touring concert pianist. And I did not know how to make a cream. I did not know how to make a lotion. I didn't know how to make sugar scrubs. So the way I did it was I would just get up at five in the morning and I would make these potions in my kitchen. And then after, you know, making, for example, a lotion, I would say, I would test it on my then husband. And I would say, what do you think about this one? Compared number 660 one to number 662. I mean, I was, I made thousands of formulas and he would say, it smells weird. This one smells really goopy and weird. So the next one, I would just go back in the morning at five in the morning and I would make something and try to make it less goopy and weird, you know? And so that's how I came out with my very first lotion after like a thousand tries. And then my friends wanted to buy, they were just like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible cream. My mom, who's Korean, um, she loved the cream as well. And then they wanted to buy it as gifts for their friends. And then I became an accidental entrepreneur from that point on. So um, I hope that sh that inspires people. That That is a true sense of moonlighting. I mean, it was dawn lighting for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I love the grit, the resilience, the determination. And I know you talk about it a little bit as well. Of course, when your spas were shut down during COVID and again, I'm sure you had to use your resilience and your grit, but talk to me about you built the brand around the lotions and the potions that were tried, but now it's really grown into more than that. Right. Even with your self-care and your planner and your books, talk to me about how that brand kind of grew and your passion for it. Well, I think the common theme for anything that I've created that has become a success is it's something that I needed to heal myself. So I created the creams in my kitchen. It was a spiritual journey for me because as a pianist, you're not allowed to really make mistakes on stage. Like I, you, I would literally get off the stage and I would be like, well, and I'd be critiquing myself. How can I make it better for tomorrow night's concert? And why did I make this mistake? You know, mistakes are not something that's welcomed in the in a very high level performance arena. So I, um, for once in my life, Lauren, I was allowed to make mistakes in the kitchen and I could learn from it. And my, my self-worth was not at stake. I wasn't going to get written up in the, in the newspaper by a music critic noticing these mistakes, you know? So it was a freeing experience. And then the cream was also very um, healing. So um, that's why I believe I put out a product into the world that really worked for my skin, my friend's skin, my fam my, my mom's skin. And so that's why I think it's taken off. People love the skincare products um, because we now, now I have a team of women who make it in the Hudson Valley fresh and we deliver it worldwide to our D2C customers on e-com. We have two spas, as you mentioned in the intro in Manhattan, we have where we use the products, the peels, the masks, the serums, the, the cleansers in our facials. And 
you know, um, the facials have won awards and accolades from major magazines like uh, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, uh, Goop, Refinery29. You know, they love our facials. And I believe it's because it came from a need that I had and that my friends had and my family had. So that's been, you know, and, and you mentioned the self-care planner. Um, and, oh, I was going to say, and now we partner with other women-owned spas where we provide their back bar that they use in the facials, their retail products, and we help them. We grow together, um, you know, with these women-owned spas. So it's very, it's a, it's a model, it's a business model that's very inspiring for me. It's not just a numbers game. For me, it's all about how many more people can we help? To me, that's the definition of scaling. You know, so that's how we've grown. And then, you know, the self-care planner that you talked about, um, you know, it's called My Next 90 Days Saver Beauty Planner. It has a five-step system that I've used for myself to organize my gorgeous chaos to build the seven-figure business, to, to be able to be a single mom in New York City. I've got a 13-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, it's just how can I organize all of this so that I can be I can embrace peace and beauty at the end of the evening and stay on top of the game because the name of the game, Lauren, is you want to stay on top of it and you want to do it while vibrating your highest self, right? There's, I've been there where I've been burnt out. I've been there where I've been irritable, um, eat at the end of my fuse, not inspired, feeling dried up, dull, uh, just downright you know, overwhelmed. And I'm going to tell you something, the opposite of that, where you feel radiant, where you feel um, juiced up, juicy, excited, inspired, leading with vision. It's a very different side of the coin. And if you've been on other side of the coins, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I wrote a book called Radical Radiance, uh, 12 Weeks of Self-Love Rituals to Manifest Abundance, Beauty, and Joy. And it's exactly that journey, how I went from so overwhelmed, burnt out, panic, anxiety, um, and anxiety attacks to being, to really having a great relationship with myself and feeling intuitive, feeling um, juicy and inspired so that I can love my business, love my life and enjoy spending time with my growing daughter. And, and I have a partner, a beautiful partner, and we enjoy our time traveling. And how do you do all that and not work yourself to the ground, but also have this financial abundance where you're enjoying life and not a, you don't have to stress out about finances. You can enjoy the abundance of friendship, relationships, enjoy the abundance of, um, of the fruits of your labor. I'm not saying there aren't tough moments. There's always tough moments, but that's what makes life beautiful is you've got the contrast of these tough moments, but then you can always reset and then come back into your, I would say even the word magnificence, you know, come back to your magnificence so that you can express the fullness and the full potential of who you are. Because you know what I've learned, Lauren? I feel like I'm talking, just talking, talking, talking. You can stop me. What, <laughs> You're I've, great. what I've learned is that we are truly magnificent. Yeah. We women are magnificent. We've got so much creativity. We we can do so much. It's just that we have a tendency to, to run ourselves into the ground, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you are a leader. 
um, it's very easy to run yourself into the ground and not to respect yourself and not to own your self-worth and not to own your confidence and instead to be kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off and doing things for everybody else, right? And not taking the time. You know, we live in this hustle culture, you know, and that just hustle more, hustle more, hustle more, and you'll get more. And so I love that you're really changing that landscape, especially as a woman, especially as an entrepreneur, that no, like there can be abundance. Like, let's be real. We do need money, right? We need abundance. That, That is a reality. And how can I curate intentionally this self-care journey and this abundance. And I love these adjectives you're using, like the juicy and the magnificence. And when we fill our capacity, then we have more to give to our, our children, to give to our business, to give to our partners, to like, that is absolutely something we talk about all the time. How can I fill my capacity or increase my capacity so that then I can just be filled up and it creates a different energy. And, and I believe, thank you for saying that, Lauren. I believe everything is energy. Everything is energy. So I want to kind of, I've been talking a little bit in the woo-woo. So I want to bring it down to really practical nuts and bolts because that's at the end of the day, um, you know, nuts and bolts is really important to actually put rubber to the road and and make it happen, manifest for real, right? Um, so, okay, you just said everything is energy. So if you don't take care of yourself, and I've been there in a million years, and you worry about things, right? And you're worried and there's no compartmentalization of um, boundaries, inner boundaries. Then I, this is what I will have a tendency to do. And I'm, I know everyone on this call can, can really relate to this. You show up to a meeting and you're leading the meeting and then you're at your, you have a shorter fuse. So you're not able to bring out the best of everyone at the table or in the room, right? Instead, your energy becomes one of irritability or why haven't we solved this yet? That's not helpful. Versus if you really sit back and you feel calm and you realize that a problem is just a challenge and you're able to think it through with your clearest mind and your highest self present, you can read the energy in the room and you can almost extract the best decisions from the people in the room that know, because you want to make sure that the people in your room and your meeting are smart, amazing people as well. Talent, right? So you can extract the best of everybody and then you can delegate without the, um, how should we say, the, the BS, right? And then also, most importantly, I think as a leader and, and as an entrepreneur, to set aside your ego for the betterment of the business and for the betterment of, of finding the, the right solutions. We talk so, about that a lot. Yeah. They, like you mentioned the triggers as well. So if we can have great emotional intelligence, having that comes from increasing our capacity. Right. Yes. Increasing your capacity, but you've got to fill your will to be fill, fill your well in order to be able to increase your capacity. And that means so many things to many things. When I hear you say increase your capacity, it's okay, well, um, you know, what's on your plate and what do you need to delegate? What do you need to oversee? So one of my triggers, for example, is I don't like um, non-accountability. Like I don't like coming to a meeting and finding out certain things weren't done. You know, it's a trigger for me because do you know why it's a trigger for me? Because I know as a business owner, that's uh, a drain of resources and energy. And I know it drains the standard of the room of everyone who's in the room, including me. 
So if somebody does not, is not, I call it a relay race. If somebody can't hold her own or his own and carry that baton, then that's a trigger for me. Right. So that's where I can see myself getting irritated. And so, so instead of getting irritated, the higher self in me would say, okay, pulling aside the person who didn't get the work done, what structure do we need to put in place? How can, what do you need from me to be able to do your job better? What's, you know, and being able to coach it out of them versus being irritated about it and then coming and, and, um, and then eventually also saying, well, this is not working for everybody. So we're going to shape up or we're going to ship out. And it's okay. And having those expectations, also the clarity of what triggers us, then I can manage it, right? Then you go in going, okay, there's something happening. I mean, I do this if I'm in a meeting. How can I shift my energy in this moment, even though I'm bothered? What is it that I can do? And partially we can do that because we've been filling our cups. So because we've been having great boundaries or great self-care routines or all of those things, our energy is different. Then we can pivot in a different way as well and drop our ego with it. Right. Yes. That's a very, um, that's something that is easier said than done. Right. And so um, you have to just be well rested and in, I mean, this is great. This is, this is the case, not only with your employees or your team or your, your coworkers, this is the case with your relationship with your kids, your, your spouses, your significant others, you know, we know better sometimes, but if we have, are not well rested, if we're not feeling our best and we're just tired, I mean, we can't expect that of ourselves because to be show up in our best, it we need to take care of ourselves to do that. We need to make sure that we're well rested, that we've taken the time to we've taken our vacations, that we've let go, and and more importantly, that the inner boundary is there where you're not checking your emails 24-7, checking your texts 24-7. Harder said than done, but you can you can do that. You can make small micro good decisions when you're well rested and you're self-caring. Right. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about the spiritual seven figures business. It's something that you can really, you could say the spiritual successful woman, you know, Um, because I did not have the great fortune that maybe a lot of your listeners and community have had where they might have been able to go to business school. They might have investors. They might have a big corporation with structure behind them. I mean, I was an artist, a concert pianist who a solo concert pianist at that. I never went to business school. I didn't know a single thing about launching business. I didn't know what marketing was. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know um, how to do HR. And when you go into business, really, the reality is you get you if you want to scale, it's HR and sales. That's really what you go into as a founder. And so I spent a decade of failing my way to success. You know, I had to go to the school of hard knocks and I had to learn the hard way. And I remember um, my business account, my, my business was not seven figures. There were, there were days at the very beginning when I barely had $7,000 in the bank and, and the, most of it had to go to payroll, you know? So, so it was very stressful at the beginning and on top of it to open up brick and mortar in New York city. Um, the outlay is enormous, right? Because rents can be anywhere from 10 to $30,000 a month. I mean, my friend actually pays $50,000 a month for her grocery store in Midtown Manhattan, um, and then payroll is enormous. And, and so those first early days were really tough on me. It was very, very, very challenging. Um, so I quickly learned the, the word scale 
So, so I learned, you know, that there's this holistic uh, balance sheet that needs to happen, that you need to have more money coming in that's going, than it's going out. You need to price your products properly so that you need to price it so that you are profitable. You need to make sure that there are certain um, percentages, you know, in like, for example, um, you know, I'm throwing this out there. Don't take this as the percentages, but let's say payroll, you want to keep it under 25% or rent. You want to keep it under 10% of your overall budget, you know? So these are the kinds of things that I had to learn what is healthy for my business. What are those percentages and how am I going to stick to that? HR, how am I going to manage the best out of people? When at the time I had zero social skills because I was a social, I was a solo concert pianist. So I never learned how to, um, negotiate. I never learned how to find win-win. And I had to learn the hard way of employees walking out on me and saying, you're not listening. And then me saying, well, what does that mean? What are they saying? I'm not listening. What could I have done better? And then, okay, let me try it better. So I, I was a very humble student at first. So there'd be a lot of fails. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm, at least I'm glad I failed really fast there. <laughs> What's the gratitude in this? I'm glad the pivot was a quick turnaround, right? Yes. And, and then it's yeah. like, okay, maybe they don't like that. Why? And then it's like, okay, so so I learned the hard way, everything. Um, but I think what's interesting is then I started coming up with a very spiritual way to bring, build business because I'm not, I, I didn't take on investors. I view our customers as our investors because I wanted to learn the hard way. I was like, what investor wants to come into my business right now? And I want to learn. This is my school. I'm having a great time learning. I don't want an investor to tell me how to run the business. I want to do it my way. And so my overnight success was definitely not one of overnight. It was a decade of learning things. I've had a blast learning. I've also had really tough nights of, of staying awake, crying. And But I here's what, here are some gold nuggets that I'd love to share with you, Lauren, that I've learned. I've learned that your business is here to take care of you too. I learned that because at the very beginning, I wasn't pulling a paycheck and I was giving everything to my assistant. And then I realized that you need to take, the business is here to take care of you too. So take care of the business in the early stages, but make sure you're setting up your business in a way that first with healthy profit margins and then how to quote scale. I'm going to talk about that second. Um, and so, and making sure that your budget is in place in a holistic way so that you too can pull a paycheck. And at the end of the day, I would also say, and I don't know if this is going to be a popular statement, but you are the hardest worker in your business. Make sure you're paid well, you know? You've, you've got to be compensated at the top of the chart. It can't be that everybody else is making more than you are. You need, to, if you're working the hardest and you are the most valuable player in some ways, you need to make sure that you're compensated well. Okay. So the second thing is scale. That word scale, you hear that a lot. And I like, I prefer to use, view the word as um, how can you help more people? Right. So at first I didn't even know what scale meant. And then I learned, oh, it means how many people can you fit on your boat at one time, right? So e-com business is a perfect way to scale, um, you know, because anybody can buy it in anywhere in the world. And so how do you scale? Having a spa is not super scalable because you can only fit in, you know, eight facials per treatment room. So it's not super scaling, but it serves its purpose. It's a marketing 
um, machine for us. So people come in and estheticians give them a facial and they leave with their products. And so then they tell their friends. So it becomes a word of mouth marketing. Um, I call it halo marketing because we have a spa in which we can get feedback from clients. We can um, deliver directly to clients. We can, we have face to face with them. It's excellent, you know, um, customer acquisition. So scaling really means how can you help more people. So instead of saying, how can I, how can I sell more? Ask yourself, how do we help more people? And marketing is your tool to do that. So I guess that would be the third thing. Marketing is fun. I think a lot of people think marketing is, uh, I don't like marketing because it feels like it's, it's gross and it's sales. Well, let's face it. If you're going to go into business, you are an HR and sales. Let's not make it any, let's not make it a fantasy. You are an HR and sales. You don't have to be the HR person. I have an HR person and I don't have to be the primary sales person. I have a business development person, but you do need to face the reality that that's what you are in when you launch and a business. To your point, initially, you didn't have investors and a lot of our entrepreneurs we work with do, don't have investors either. So you are doing it all in the beginning until you can make enough, like you said, to pay yourself, pay those that you're with. And I want to make sure that people can find you, find your brand, find your book, all of the things. So I know we have two websites. Talk okay. to us about what we'll find on on this first one. Okay. Okay. So I noticed you had to stop me from talking about business because I love talking about business. Okay. I love talking about business too. I love talking about business. We're almost out of time, but I, I do. Know, I know. Thank you so much for keeping me on task. Okay. So Lauren, radicalradiance.com. It's all to me. This is how I built a spiritual seven figure business and fell in love with my soul and really, and improved my relationship. This is the book radical radiance, improved my relationship with me so that I actually liked who I was. And then that's where I became a kinder, more um, holistic person so that I could lead my team to success, right? And so um, RadicalRadiance.com, if you purchase a book, you can upload the receipt at virtualgoodiebag.com where you get $350 worth of goodies in this virtual goodie bag, including my manifestation workshop, a $25 gift card to saverbeauty.com. And um, and my one minute glow routine, among other videos and inspirational women on there. Uh, and then at saverbeauty.com, that's really the skincare business that I grew. And the book also talks about how you treat your skin is how you treat your soul. So we go through the journey of skin all the way through your soul. Oh, I love that. So that's saverbeauty.com or you can go to radicalradiance.com and find out more about the brand, the book, and all of those yummy bonuses as well. And really, that's what I think I feel when you talk about increasing our ability to show up. It starts with us, but it sounds like also the brand you built is practical. It's self-care routines and it's something that's practical that you can do that then you have more ability to grow, to give, or to do whatever it is and to attract energetically that abundance that we're looking for. Right. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And financial and um, abundance and abundance, you know, with food, friends, family, travel, whatever it is, fun. Um, I think it's all intertwined and you, you owe it to yourself. If you don't spend time with yourself and really get to know yourself and connect with your authenticity and your inner being, all of that is shallow. It's hollow. 
and it's not fulfilling, right? And so when right. we talk about how do you rise up for you, the name of our brand, it literally is that's what you did for so many people around the globe. And amazing. Most, as you know, most small businesses don't make it after first for years, let alone have two brick and mortar spas and a global beauty brand and the book. So it's a testament to your resilience and your capacity and doing exactly what now you give to others. So it's just been a pleasure to have you with us. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Lauren. Thank you so, so much for showing up and really for the resilience to be to stay in it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Ah, what an incredible brand, an incredible person. And I invite you to please check out the website and the book. And we want to remind you here at Rise Up For You, we want to give you our free success kit. Please go to riseupforyou.com slash success kit or text RISE podcast to 949-416-0671 to download your free success kit today. Until our next episode, Rise Up For You.